The pass from Havili was magic. The shift on for Crotty. Boom, far down you go, Quaggett Smith. Me, oh my, I have enjoyed that. Yes, boy. Sit back, relax, put your belt on, enjoy the show. Welcome to Season 3, Episode 33 of the Draft Rugby Podcast, where we discuss Fantasy Super Rugby, the game they play online in heaven. You can check out the platform at draftrugby.com and get after us on the socials at Draft Rugby. I'm your host, Kagi, and zooming in to join me tonight, I have both of the Dales, Harry and Nelson. And if you are checking us out on YouTube and watching the video, you'll see we're joined by a fourth. And for the first time on this great podcast, we're joined by the OG League 2020 Fantasy Champion and just generally better Nabung, Christian Nabung. Welcome, Nabung. Thank you for joining us. How are you, mate? Thanks for having me on, boys. Long-time listener, big-time fan, keen first-time drafter, and a uh, pleasure to uh, make my debut. So thanks for having me. Excellent. And look, I would be re- we'd, we'd all be remiss if we didn't mention um, in your introduction that um, not only are you a first-time champion, but also um, in your first season beating the previous champion 4-0 um, throughout the year. Huge. That's that's I don't know. That's a huge achievement, particularly twice two zero clean sweep in the final. So and, and undefeated through pre COVID as well. That's it. Yeah, look, not what a not it. a bad uh, debut season. Playing without any scars, uh, a bit like the Reds going to the final, but unfortunately they couldn't get over the line. But uh, yeah, look, uh, I I won't deny it tastes pretty good uh, beating the former champ for zip for the year. <laughs> Excellent. Very good. It's, a, it's, a, it's an elite club, actually, those that have managed to beat the former champ. Um, you've now joined the ranks along with me. Um, and look, <laughs> someone, someone has to knock him off his perch. So uh, I'm, glad that, um, I'm glad it was you, mate, uh, if it wasn't going to be... Cheers, <laughs> very good. And boys, Harry Nelson. Harry's very silent. Uh, he doesn't have much to say for the first time in his life ever, and that's fine. So um, we'll move on to Nelson. Nelson did play some footy this weekend. Big game. We all got down there. The, uh, the weather held up. Having some uh, some sun, some beers, and uh, Nelson can definitely remember hearing me all game because I lost my voice in about the first thirty minutes. Um, uh, how was it, Nels? Uh, and how did how did it end up? Oh, look, we we didn't get the uh, result we wanted in the end, but we fought to the eightieth minute. We went down three tries to five. They scored the first five, yet we still scored the back three. Um, to to at least make it a little bit more of a respectable scoreline, versing a team that. It was, this was their first year in the comp, but they had a lot of first graders. They had a lot of, you know, very quality, good quality players coming in. Um, so I think they just beat us in, in footy on the day. Very good, Matt. I think a little like the Reds again, um, you guys just left a, a little too much, a little too late, really. So, um, but uh, yeah, I mean, you came home firing, which was good. Um, and a great speech from you after the game. It was had the feelings almost of a retirement speech mate or are we are we hanging up the boots or i don't know it's uh, can you go out on a loss like that or is the captain of the mighty dolphins coming back next year if, if i was worried about how i finished the season i would have walked away last year scoring the grand final winning try mate so uh, it's more about the body and a few different things i've had a few guys come out of the woodworks that came and watched and said they want to play again next year or they want they want to return next year and i said if they do, I probably will play. And if they don't, I probably won't play. And I, I think uh, good chance they won't. So we'll see how we go. Excellent. Yeah, very good, very mate. Good. And, and look, we, we've ignored him till now, but another man who was very busy during that game, Harrison Dale, previous champ, there has been. Uh, very busy physioing the game, mate. Um, quite, a, quite a few hits and knocks in that one. 
Yeah, I'm trying to watch the waistline before summer. So I thought four and a half hours less of beer was a good thing. Um, couldn't couldn't help him get over the line though, sadly. But it was a good game, great game to be a part of. Very good. All right. Well, uh, without further ado, my favourite sentence that I say every pod and just have no creativity to think of anything else. Let's get into it. It is actually going to be a short one tonight, although, as per usual, we'll prove that wrong somehow. But um, Harry's shaking his head. He knows it'll happen. We'll drag it out. We've got four people now. We've got more to talk about. But um, so Anything for to talk about or less to talk about, there's more people to talk about it. Yeah. Less substance, for sure. Um, So we'll see how we go. But uh, for Entree, we might just quickly reflect upon the OG League 2020 and how it all Mm. panned out. Um, I mean, if 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 you want a summary of that, it's going to be how good was Chrissy's maiden season, uh, which we've touched on, and um, will Nelson be any better next year? But um, we'll get into that. For main course, we're going to look at the Super Rugby AU final, of course, the Brumbies and the Reds. And um, for dessert, uh, just like Harry's watching the waistline for summer, um, I clearly need to as well. Um, and actually, I think we all do after all those beers on the weekend. Nelson's silly Sunday and Monday, uh, pretty much. So uh, we might just skip dessert this week and see how we go. So let's get stuck in to our entree. Um, look, why don't we let the commissioner open with some remarks on uh, the OG League 2020? Uh, Harry, how did you, uh, what, do, what do you have to say? I mean, I thought it was pretty good just to have a competition up, to be honest with you. Like, it was a, a pretty challenging season having the uh, staggered competitions between Australia and New Zealand. So we are pretty stoked to get some sort of final, uh, a full kind of format where we could play each other seven, the other seven managers each over one round each, mm. uh, and then have our normal kind of conventional three-round finals. So, I mean, I just love, love playing fantasy footy through Super Rugby. So <clears> number one, I think... That was awesome. And uh, having no South African players, it genuinely made absolutely no difference to my fantasy team. I don't know about you boys. So uh, it was, <laughs> I jest. I, I always pick Ruan Combrink, despite the fact that he never gave me the returns I wanted. Um, well, look, I, that's uh, what I, I put down my finals loss to that. But if we talked about doing the, uh, the North versus South uh, game as the fantasy final, and I'm sure I would have won that, um, you know, just uh, as a selection policy. No, it's good fun, mate. Like it's, uh, I'm interested to see what happens to the South African Super Rugby as well. I know that we are, we do have the rights to to their stats if they decide to launch something. I think they're doing their seven team competition. I'm not sure exactly if that comes under the same Super Rugby umbrella that it was originally touted as. So we kind of got to investigate that to see if we will be able to put some more stats out for that kind of competition. I know. Harry, Harry, would you be nervous if we did end up, uh, you know, offering something for the South African comp? And we all play together and Chrissy could make it more than four from four against you. I oh, mate, the damage has been done, to be honest. I, he'll never get that 12 game winning streak I had against you. So the, uh, <laughs> the record will stay intact. Never say never, um, you know, but um, no, very good. Just yet. the competition at 11. I think another <laughs> commonly used uh, draft rugby phrase, watch this space definitely applies to the South African competition, but now, the details that we've seen so far are that the competition, they're looking at starting towards the end of October and carrying through to January, I think, or to the end of January. So it um, be interesting to see if that is able to go ahead. Um, it was interesting looking at the, what, the Springboks are having a, um, a gold, gold versus green, uh, you know, Springbok A and B team, I guess. Uh, I think it's B and C team, isn't it? The A team's over in the UK. Well, that was going to be my point. Yeah. Was it B and C or is it B, C and D almost now? I don't know. There's that many spring boxes left, but um, 
Still a few names. Still a few names. So, yeah. um, very good. Um, all right. And Nelson, how did your season go, mate? You Look, you defied the odds. Um, huge, huge climb from last Most year, improved. the last two years. Most um, sure. And uh, your name will not be Bryce on the Wooden Spoon Trophy. If you, if you actually look into this deeply, I think I actually had a worse year this year. <laughs> because I actually, I think I got fifth in total points. And last year I was in top four from total points, as far as I recollect, but sitting on the bottom of the table. So technically, I mean, I played in the Wooden Spoon and I uh, was down the bottom, but technically I think I could have done worse. Have you drawn up all the alternate timelines? The um, you know, oh, if yeah. you had this set of fixtures or that set of fixtures or that set that you would have, if you found one where you would have won, I know I did win one thing this year, and that was my battle with Harry in a Super Rugby AU. So, fuck him, <laughs> Nelson, the eternal optimist. He's always he can always find one the bright side in uh, in all this. So very good. Um, Excellent. And Chrissy, what did you think, mate? The, uh, it was definitely, as Harry said, it was a tough season, certainly a tough maiden season. Uh, I think the most impressive thing, perhaps, other than beating the mm. reigning champ 4-0, which we'll just talk about again, um, was uh, the disruption of the season. I mean, you came out and won the first six weeks, uh, were clearly on top of the table and uh, just doing something right, only to um, have to redraft and do it all again, which is often, uh, you know... The worst, your worst nightmare, really. So um... yeah, look, I was uh, I was pretty distraught at having to uh, redraft, if I if I must admit. And then going into that new draft, um, I definitely went in underprepared, having first pick as well, picking up Vili, which turned out to be a terrible choice in hindsight. To be fair, well, I don't think anyone would blame uh, you on that one. But uh... yeah, 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 true, true. But you know, you could you could have been pretty steady and picked up uh, Harry's boy D Mac, and I think uh, I'd have been looking pretty good. And and you know, it's always just good to. Uh, to get in there and uh, pick up Harry's voice. So, <laughs> um, yeah, definitely, I think I think pre-COVID, I, I mean, I just had a, an amazing team, not to toot my own horn, but, uh, you know, picking up players like Harry Wilson, pretty cheap when he was an unknown uh, commodity, uh, did work for me. And uh, I think the, the player pool um, that the Sappers offered as well was really lacking um, for the latter half of the season. So you're really kind of stretched for for your knowledge as well. And for someone that probably doesn't watch as much Kiwi rugby as, as you boys, um, you know, I was digging into the depth of uh, my Australian knowledge. Uh, and we all know that, uh, you know, the Aussie players probably don't uh, <laughs> uh, compare in a lot of cases to the Kiwis. So uh, in saying that though, you know, they did perform really well and it was a great comp for the, for the rugby, rugby AU. So um, yeah, look, uh, first season down, pretty happy. And uh, I mean, one from one, so yeah, enough said. Hard not to be. <laughs> <laughs> and also just uh, I mean we, obviously it's exciting to have claimed back the Nabung name and to okay. have relegated your brother to Nabum status um, Nib, yeah look to be honest Nibum, never Nibum. Um, goes goes without saying it's 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 nice that we get to compete for something like that but uh, you know we all we all know who the who the real winner is going to be at the end of the day <laughs> excellent I do, I do want to point out, there's only one other person on this pod that's been one from one. I can tell you, it can only be downhill from there. I was one from <laughs> one first season, mate. Can't get Harry's, Harry's got 12 on me coming up. <laughs> yeah, it could be. Very good. Um, well, yes, uh, I guess, are there any other final remarks on our fantasy season? I, I think we... Look, we did have a uh, unfortunately a bit of a, a buy in the in the second half of the season post COVID. We had uh, NSYNC 
not managing to notch up a single win of the seven fixtures. But um, well, that that was going to be my last comment: the punishment for NSYNC. So mm. I mean, right now it is meant to be the life-sized cutout of Chrissy holding the championship trophy. Again, you know, we joked that Kagi in the final, had he gone through, the cutout would have cost twice as much just to fill the cardboard. That's, so, it's uh, factual. I think that's not... NSYNC, uh... Yeah, Ensign was definitely cheering for Chrissy there. Um, <laughs> but I think he's still made, he's still trying to nominate himself to remake a, one of the videos on YouTube, one of the music videos, <laughs> image for image. So I don't know oh. if we can still have Look, a vote I... because I don't know. I think they're just both such great punishments. Look, I, I mean... Um, if, if he's happy for it to go to a vote again, I think that the, uh, the music video is going to be going to win out for sure. But, um, if, well, maybe we have to catch him again. Like he was, uh, in the kind of form he was on on the weekend, mate, where he's got no idea what's going on after a few beers. Um, see if we can stitch him up that way because, um, that'd be great. The, uh, so that this punishment we're talking about for those not familiar is, uh, yeah, a shot for shot remake of a music video. So imagine, uh, Miley Cyrus's wrecking ball. You have to completely dress up and uh, budget version, mind you. Um, remake that video clip so and chrissy gets to pick and, and chrissy get, would get to pick the uh the, song. the thing with that though Kaga, i feel like nsync would would do a wrecking ball uh remake for fun so um, <laughs> he's probably already got one he's probably got yeah. a few <laughs> yeah, ready, ready to go but in saying that i'm all of 173 centimeters so a life size cut out you know it's not really much is it <laughs> Look, no one says we can't blow it up a little bit more than per usual. Yeah. Uh, you know, so. 1.1, 1.12, 1. 1, you know, just give you a little bit extra height. <laughs> That's no, very good. All right. Um, well, that might conclude our entree. And with, uh, with that, let's move on to the main course, the Brumbies and the Reds. Um, and I have to say, what a great Super Rugby final. I thought it was good that, um, you know, it, it went the distance. You, you Right till the final whistle, you didn't know um, who was going to, going to clutch that game um and yeah i guess in terms of just some reflections from our comments last week um i think uh harry was the only one to tip that the brumbies to, to take this one out so credit to him you idiot. He, said he, he said himself he was doing it to take the piss he did he did that's very I did good justify message. it to be fair i justified the uh the home ground advantage as the tipping point Excellent. Uh, I think we look. I tipped that uh, Noah Lelezio, if he was back fit, would be slot, would slot straight back in and uh, slot straight back in. He did, and what a game from him! Carved up. And uh, and I think if we want to just make ourselves feel better, we also all suggested that um, Falafinga might score a driving mall try. But um, what an insight! What a yeah, that's, that's, yeah, that's huge. Um, the bad part about that is my my uh, betting account tipped that in the second half, not the first half. Yeah, same. Your betting account tip, not you, but your betting account tip. That your uh, <laughs> the your alternate persona. Mate, I'm, I'm the faceless guy behind the betting account, all right? Very good. Um, all right. Well, look, this one, the Brumbies obviously winning twenty eight to twenty three, three tries to two. Um, who would like to kick us off and with some opening thoughts on the game? Uh, I think Chrissy should do the honors, mate, as the uh, the guest. Yeah, fair enough. Um, obviously, really, really closely fought um, game. Um, I thought the first first 10 to 15 minutes was pretty nervous from both teams. Quite a bit of drop ball and, I don't know, just seemed a little bit tentative to play, especially seeing how physical the Reds were last week. Um, but didn't I, I just felt like both teams really took a little while to grow into the game. But when they did, it, it really picked up. And um, obviously the Brums really... Uh, Really, really uh, built a strong lead to start off with. Uh, but it was great to see the Reds claw back. Uh, was it within three come half time? 
it's pretty yeah, pretty close yeah, there exactly. with Jock slotting that penalty. So yeah, it was really really close game. I think the the crucial crucial call, and I'm sure we'll, we'll dig into it more, was was kind of with that about eight minutes to go, wasn't it? And they had that penalty. They could have taken the three or gone to the line. We all said at the time, take the three, take the three. They go to the line. They lose the line out, which was rubbish all night. And uh, that was kind of end of story for the Reds. Down by five points as well, like eight eight minutes to go. Surely you take those points yeah. with a sharp goal kicker and yeah. you just work field position and then give yourself every chance just to win it with a drop goal or a penalty or anything. Like That yeah. makes sense to me, especially when your line yeah. out sucks. That's something yeah. we I chat to Harry about, I think, beforehand, that when push comes to shove in a game like this, you know, you've got people that have been there and done that in finals a lot more in that Crusaders, in the Brumby side, um, but not the same for, for the Reds as much, you know. And th- that was just a, a call that I think, you know, bit them in the bum pretty badly. I think, what do you guys reckon? I think that's characteristic of a Brad Thorne team. Like, if Brad Thorne had to choose what his team did at that point, I reckon he would have backed the boys to to go for the line, you know, go for the killer instinct. Go Look, for I, I think if you've got the clearly dominant line out, for sure, you know, like back, back your strength. But if the roles were reversed, I think that would have been the right call. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Otherwise, just... has been struggling. I don't, I don't think, Brad Thorne's not an idiot. An idiot. Nah. I don't think he would have done that. No, I agree. Well, Jock was kicking at 100% as well. So yeah. it's pretty much in front, guaranteed three, guaranteed three points. You're three behind. Work your way down the field and slot another three. Game over. I thought it was pretty no, interesting. You that, that, and then you just don't get back down there half. You know what I mean? Like the yeah. kickoff, they send you back down yeah. to the line. Okay. You down. Imagine you go for the line out and you bomb it. I know, but at <laughs> least you went for it. Otherwise, you deprive yourself of the chance to win. I guess that's the, um, the counter argument. But um... You make that decision... You look like an idiot if it doesn't come off, and you look like a legend if it comes off. I feel like it's that 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 Batman line, like you uh, either you know uh, you're the hero or you like I don't know see what was it? You like long like, enough to see yourself become the villain or something? Chrissy, you're a Batman fan. What's the line? Uh, um, yeah, it's something like that. Kind of. <laughs> so you live long enough to become the villain. Is that it? Very good. Become the villain. Yeah, that's the type of quality content you can expect on this podcast. Um, no, very good. I think. Look, if if we were doing a um, too long, didn't read. Uh, summary of this game, it would just be that the Brumbies were just too clinical uh, by the end of the game. And I, by that, I mean, we've talked about how at the start of this season, that's what we thought. They're just, they had the cattle and they're just a composed and clinical team um, and just execute in their set piece um, and just stay com- remain composed and how that had kind of um, faded away a little bit mid-season, had sort, sort of wavered, but um, certainly... We, we thought the week off would do them the world of good, and uh, it certainly did. They just uh, they looked composed. They came out, uh, you know, I, I think my closing remarks last week were that uh, the Reds looked like a, an unstoppable team riding on sky-high confidence and that um, it would, it would uh, be difficult to believe the Brumbies could come out with that same intensity. But um, if they came out as if they were the defending champions um, and they kind of just maintained that composure the whole way through. They didn't look rattled. I think as Chrissy said, the Reds didn't come out and absolutely thump them with the physicality from the, the get-go. So, um, no, the Brumbies certainly proved me wrong and um, went back to their strengths, really. So um, I'm pretty sure I had a bit of a read of Dan McKellar saying that they they tried a bit of a different tactic in that last round game and... So realistically, we're sort of holding back, knowing how they were going to play, seeing as they'd already qualified for the final and uh, had a few things up their sleeve in terms of that 
that style of footy they were going to play. Um, so, I mean, that's the way it felt. And uh, we, we discussed it in, in recent weeks as well. Is that something that they would have done? It seems like a pretty pretty massive call to actually do that in, in the season because you do then, you know, get the Reds buzzing and, and maybe that can bite you in the bum. But in this instance, you know, the, the Brumbies held a little bit back until the final and, and maybe that's, that's what helped them get over the line. So, you know, we, we mentioned last week that I was a bit worried that the Queensland Reds momentum was generated off the fact that they've been stuck in Queensland for the last five weeks or whatever <clears> it was. I didn't realise, but this is now 10 games in a row away from home that they haven't come up with a win. The closest they came was that draw against the Rebels. They haven't won outside of Queensland forever. They're, I'm not counting the win against the Force because it was still in Queensland against a team on tour against them. So they haven't won out of Queensland since, uh, sorry, out of Queensland since they beat the Sharks in April 2019. So it was always going to be a huge ask for them to travel away and then beat a team that's something like eight in a row against Aussies at home or something as well. Like mm. the actual numbers were so far against them for the advantage of the home ground for the Brumbies, and the Brumbies were just too clinical. Like, on, honestly, I think the Reds did really well at the end to make a game of it, but they were lucky to be there at the same time. Like. The, the try that Pattaya set up, that should never have happened. It was all off a complete stuff up. And then just having the most X-factor player on the field, that kind of brought them <laughs> back into it. They had no right to be as close as they were with 20 to go. Yeah, Harry, if, if we're honest, though, you know, they're, they're, you look through the Reds' games, they haven't had that many games away from home since, you know, that, the match you're talking about, 2019. Ten. They had a, cu- a couple away this year. Ten. Yeah, it's not that many, realistically. You know, like this year was a, a real messed up year. They had a draw with the Rebels. They had they lost by two points in the last second against the Brumbies. You know, they were they there, there were about your year. You played uh, all these dumb teams away from home. Are you sure was actually in a row. Hey, they they were four points down to the Crusaders in New Zealand. So they lost two points down to the Brumbies lost. You know, last time they were there. Lost. <laughs> well look, uh, even as a um, through and through New South Welshman it bleeds blue. Um, why would you want to leave God's country? Uh, it's permanent holiday being in Queensland. Um, you know what I mean? I can see how it'd be hard to deliver when, um, when you leave the, the fairer green pastures of sunny Queensland. Um, but look, I'll move us along. Um, we'll come back to, you know, some more points on the game and gameplay. It'd be a good point here, I think, to look at some of the match stats. So, um, it actually, the match stats came down to looking fairly even, Stephen, I have to say, um, Possession, exactly that, 51-49%, Brums-Reds. Uh, it was the territory, which we said was certainly an important part of the Brumbies game and where they would look to push. It ended up being 58-42% to 42% possession, a little bit more in the first half, 60-40. to 40. So they really just stuck to their game plan of just not playing in their half um, as much as possible. And certainly whilst, uh, like a lot of the stats were fairly even, the penalties penalty count was pretty much bang on as well, 11 conceded by the Brumbies and 12 by the Reds, but every single one of those by the Reds, um, you really felt like, I'm not sure, uh, you know, the, every single one, if it wasn't a penalty goal, they, they chipped off heaps of metres. They sent them way back into their territory. Banks's kick for touch is, to me, his best asset. Like, he's dead set chewing off 50 metres every single time. Yeah, no, it is terrifying. Um, but no, otherwise, look, the stats were all really close. 106 to 99 carries. They both had equal shot at it. 400 metres to 329, the Brumbies with more metres. Tackle bust 22 to 23. Uh, offload 7 to 8. The only other 
uh, separator was uh, line breaks. The Brumbies only had six. The Reds had 12. So um, splitting them apart with double the line breaks. But um, otherwise, and as we said, clinical and composed. The Brumbies were dominant at set pace. So um, they... Um, you know, they only lost one, the Reds pinched one of the, the Brumbies lineouts, but the, um, the Brumbies pinched four of the Reds and also took it to them in the scrum. So the Reds only lost one scrum, but uh, I think I was giving a big rev up to Taniela Tupo um, going to destroy the Brumbies scrum, but nope, they certainly held firm. Um, so yeah, and, and also it was a yellow card, certainly didn't help that uh, the Reds cause in the second half. Um, I think Harry was bang on in saying, uh, how did they stay in it when... They had a yellow card to Dow Gunu and then um, a lot of their best players off the field, Jordan Pataya, Lukan Salakai-Lotto, Tate McDermott, all going off. You were thinking, what are you doing? Um, this is crazy. But um, yeah, so that's, those are the match stats. But look, into, let's have a look at some of the players that... Um, before we do that, before we do that, I yeah, thought sure. we could give Chris just a, just a second to think about who he thinks was the fantasy man of the match. And how many points he got? Because he's that's a good question. I have absolutely no idea. Certainly, no, it wasn't Dalgunu. Tell you that much. (laughs) Um, Favorite player, Felipe Dalgunu. Thank God, no, he's not my favorite player. I picked him up out of necessity. I didn't like it. Surely, surely he should have got some bulk points for that dummy offload that uh, fooled Muirhead and then threw the offload. Game didn't he, Dalgunu? Like he made so many errors. And this is why I'm not crazy for him to have a Wallabies jersey. It's just you predicted critical that. moments like that, yellow card in a final. Like I, I think he's a wonderful player and like should get a cap, but certainly behind Corabetti and not in your first team. Um, yep, yeah. no, I like it. Um, coming back to question though. Mm. Um, Debating champion Christian Nabung here. Those are some champions. Yeah, it's not, um, it's not Tate. Um, it, it won't be one of those Reds boys. Uh, I, I almost want to guess Murhead just to spite Kagi. But <laughs> Look, we'll end the podcast right now. <laughs> <laughs> he did have a cracker game, though. I'll tell you what. He had a great game. Man, that, that try, Kagi will take it away from him, but he, he did a lot of work in that try. Bumped up a few big bodies. He beat Taniella. And yeah, exactly. NBPA the only person who beats Taniella is Taniella, mate. No one <laughs> beat Taniella. Um, Burhead beat Taniella. I think, um, uh, I think Kagi, mate, you, you had some thoughts on that try, didn't you, to Muirhead while we're on that topic? Well, it is, and it kind of... Look, bef- before we get to that, I'll put Chrissy out of his misery. Uh, Tom Banks was our fantasy man of the match. With, I was going to guess that. With Damn, I should have said that. Yeah, you should have just stepped up. I can't believe um, you took that off him, mate. That's brutal. But, yeah, you're um, a bad person, Kagi. No, with uh, back to that to Muirhead's try. Um, look, it's going to lead us. It's going to segue us perfectly into talking um, who was probably not the fantasy man of the match, but the man of the match, uh, Noah Lalesio. In the lead up to that try, he drew in four defenders, one small fly half, drawing in four def- four defenders and making a hell of an offload. I mean. Muirhead basically could have put a blindfold on and walked backwards over. You know what I mean? I don't care that there was, you know, oh, three or four players or something. That he played. Okay, whatever. No. It was all Alessio, mate. He stepped and straightened and the Reds in true red form had overchased and that's why four defenders hit. It's not like he actually beat so many men that four came in. It was the Reds' poor defense that overchased the inside. So you had two guys covering the inside step and you had two guys trying to take the first line. They were just... Defending so hard, it's their fault that they had four men going in for that tackle. They should have only had two. 
Look, I'm incapable of believing anything other than it was Noel Alessio's brilliance and Andy Muirhead is still rubbish. Um, it, it was great. It was great by, by Alessio. Good choice. Yeah. Thank you. Um, look, if you, Nelson, um, Nelson almost scored a try um, this week, if Nelson scored that try, I would have said even Nelson could have scored that try that Muirhead did. Oh, um, mate. It was kind of similar. I think Nelson tripped up about two metres from the line, but that's all right. Look, it's, um... <laughs> Dougie, I was going to ask you, do you remember who um, carried the ball loosely um, and it was raked out of his arms by Will Miller uh, in the lead up to that Muirhead try? Uh, no, I've forgotten. Uh, it was too far. No. <laughs> so he not only lost possession of the ball, he then missed the tackle on Muirhead. Look, you can't, oh um, wow. can't be disrespecting Super Rugby AU MVP, Taniela <laughs> Tupo. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if he goes on to win the Players Player Award as well. Um, you know, just... Uh, but that's stuff right there is why Alan's going to start above him. Agreed. Yeah, I agree. How dare you guys? Um, but no, very good. Um, speaking of another player who had the ball stripped or just dropped it himself or just uh, optional, um, Tavita Kurindrani. Um, I will no longer call him the choo-choo. Uh, we'll give him one choo perhaps. But uh, look, his first half, he may have given us some, um, some, a little bit of false hope that he had rekindled the choo-choo steam train. A lot. He looks so good. He he did. I think he. I think he might have almost led this game first tackle half. bus. I could be wrong. I think he had five tackle busts. Yeah, he had, uh, he had five tackle busts. He led it. And um, first half because he didn't do anything in the second half. And and that's probably five tackle busts for the whole Super Rugby AU season. Um, <laughs> got them all this game. So, no, we were we're kind of amazed with that. You know that getting left out of the Wallabies squad um, certainly will. Um, I guess. Some players will step up. But uh, now the second half, he was certainly back to his 2020 poo-poo form. Uh, no choo-choo, poo-poo. And Surely, um... uh, he dropped the ball a few times. Just uh, I'm not sure how he went defensively. Uh, you know, we had been talking about how he uncharacteristically... He got through. six from seven. Okay, well, that's pretty good. Um, but uh, no, certainly... It was very quiet in the second half. So um... yeah, I, I mean, also, Kagi, you can't leave out the biggest Kurindrani news that is out, mate. We said it last week. Yeah, but he's on. He's signed on the dotted line. He is going to the fourth. Yeah, we said that last week. He hadn't signed last week, mate. <laughs> uh, yes, he so... just signed in the last day or two. Right. That's it. Um, he. I don't know. Look, I mean, he wants to get paid, I guess. Uh, Twiggy Forrest can pay guaranteed contracts. Um, smart, maybe. You know what I mean? Great management, player management. I don't know. Um, I, think, I think, mate, when the uh, third choice outside centre is getting picked for the Wallabies squad ahead of you, the writing is on the wall, isn't it? Oh, I mean, people have different attitudes, right? You can go, I'm still young enough. I'm 29. I can still hold down this spot. Or you can go, I'm going to go elsewhere. Maybe he wants to change. I guess he doesn't like sushi or something because I would have gone to Japan, that's for sure, uh, if I was. Um, you can't at the moment, mate. I'm sh- I think Good you point. can still if you fly awesome. up for the next season. But, um, but anyway, back to the what we were talking about, the man of the match, Noel Alessio. How good. Back from injury, 79 minutes he played. Uh, nine runs for 35 metres, four tackle busts, two offloads, one try assist, five from six goals, including a drop goal. Um, just how good was he? Uh, I mean, I think we talked about him putting himself very much in the mix for the, a Wallabies jersey. Probably not the starting 10 jersey still, you'd have to think. But um, 
I mean, some punters have said, uh, could it be? So um, what do we think of him? He was amazing. Interesting to hear Dan McKellar say that he thought that he was ready for the starting jersey for the Wallabies. Mm-hmm. And you know, I was listening to, to Morgs on the, the Type 5 from Rugby Ruckus um, as well. And, you know, he was he referenced back to when McKellar said, oh, I know there's these young locks coming through that are all looking to good in Super Rugby AU, but let's be patient with them and give <laughs> years to grow. Then he said the opposite for, for Lalesio. So I thought that was a really good point, you know. You got the backing by Super Rugby AU winning coach who was arguably going to be the you know first choice forward coach as well for the team, for the Wallabies. You know, I, I think that's, that's pretty big and, and it probably has to be taken into some serious consideration. Um, and but didn't he didn't he outshine James O'Connor in this big game as well? Yeah, and he, he'd been out of that squad for how long was it? It was a good chunk of time. Six weeks, seven weeks. Six yeah. Weeks, yeah. yeah. To come back in in the grand final and play like that and be such an influence and a calming influence at times, taking a drop goal, doing things along those lines. He, he plays like a lot more mature man than a 20-year-old. Completely agree. Yeah. Oh, he was so impressive. Mm. So impressive to slot into a final like that and, yeah. and do what he did. It was, yeah, incredible. I would all only work out about it is that he was on the field when they won the game. Uh, he might have yeah. only got a minute, but it was the winning minute. So, um, yeah. Look, I, I, he has probably got to the point for me now that, I mean, with a year after a Rugby World Cup, I was thinking maybe he has to work his way in off the bench. But if you have someone outside him like Tamua and you have him leading it, at 10, I mean, I'd be okay to see it, but what a what a tough match his first match would be in New Zealand against the All Blacks. You'd have to think yeah. you throw James O'Connor and Tamua to the Wolves there um, and so, you know, just just try and make a call, basically, um, unless we're up, but unless we're up by the, like, the 50th or 55th minute, you chuck on the, 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 the subs, you know what I mean? Just give them, give them 30 minutes against the All Blacks. Um, you know, that's, yeah, I would. I'd give him a run for sure. It's just where yeah, he is. that run. Yeah. Mm. Hey, um, one, one, one other thing that we forgot to talk about on this one, sorry, guys, was the injuries. So, obviously, George Pattaya went off with his hip flexor injury. They said grade two, three to six weeks to get back, which may, you know, puts him in significant doubt for both All Blacks tests, the, the two letter slows. And just a note quickly on that, he injured himself before taking all the time in the world to throw that backhand flick to set Harry Wilson up. So he still had the presence of mind to make it look so easy to set someone up for a try. Yeah. Um, and then the other one was Lucan Salakai Loto, who just got knocked out so badly. It was huge. Yes. So um, we'll see if he got knocked into next week or two or three weeks from now um, when he He's got some those. time, thankfully. Yeah, exactly. We do very badly need him, though. So We uh, need him. Let's hope a speedy, speedy recovery from LSL. But, well, they've uh, all but confirmed that Rory Arnold's coming back, right? But not yeah. for the Blenders load, the first two Blenders loads. That's right, yeah. So that makes it even worse. But if, if we have Patea out, who do you throw in at 13? We don't have Kurandrani there, so we can't rely on the experience. Oh, you, just a, you just flip a coin between Hunter Paisami and Lenny Lenny don't you? Just uh, you know, whoever. Uh, no, mate. Surely you give it to Paisami. Oh, I'm, I'm joking, obviously. Calm your Everyone knows James O'Connor at outside center. <laughs> it could be. It could be Reese Hodge, mate. Reese Hodge. Now you got to be good. 
<laughs> Apparently you don't for the Wallabies. <laughs> he can play wing on the uh, Wallabies. Actually, shock, shock announcement. Um, Izzy Nasserani is going to be added to the squad, but at outside centre. So, um, <laughs> I'd take it. I'd take it for sure. No, very good. Um, speaking of another man who uh, surprised us last week, but uh, we've already said was fantasy man of the match, Tom Banks. Um, wow, he played well this week, didn't he? So I thought I actually thought for a moment that he might not have made the Wallaby squad. Um, so he was really playing to, to get in there. But no, he did. He was, he's a Wallabies 2020 squad member. But um, yeah, Wowzers, he played really well, just reminding us of, um, of some of his better form. Um, yeah. To, to, be, to be fair on it, it's an extended player squad. They've got a few guys to fill similar roles that they've brought into that squad. But yeah, he, he had a really solid game. And he, he's had a, a few good games at the back end of the season after a pretty slow start. He got 50 points with a try, two line breaks, three turnovers and an offload. And yeah, as we said before, he has a whopping kick on him, and that's a, a great thing to see for your 15 as well. Absolutely. Um, very good. All right, well, I've done a lot of talking. Uh, Nels, do you want to take us through the fantasy stats in this one? Yep. The, uh, so we've been through the, the top two, Banks and, and Noel Alessio with his 49 points. Um, Alan Alatoa, he got 40 points. Uh, for the Reds, you had James O'Connor, 46 points. Harry Wilson, 46 as well. Daniela Tubo, 45. And that's after missing a tackle, losing the ball. So he could have been even further up there, potentially man of the match, fantasy man of the match. Angus Blythe, he had a big one and a beautiful haircut, 44. Yeah, hold on. He didn't have a big one. He just scored that try. That was like another lucky try. But we can't we can't breeze past that haircut, can we? He actually got 10 points for that haircut. Yeah, it did say... It did set looks like what you see, like the under sevens, like kids do, for when they go to the grand final, not the person playing the grand final. No, it looks I, like they did it to him when he was asleep. You know what I mean? I'm That's not going to lie. I love that passion. Yeah, I loved it too. It's fucking good. Well, mate, when we were together, we were saying there's no way he didn't lose a bet for that to happen. Yeah. <laughs> like that's, that's not on his own accord. There's no way. Again, for those listening know. who He's are unaware, he, he had a, uh, like a crew cut, like shaved head, just with the old uh, muff, the top, muffin top on top. But he had uh, Queensland Reds um, written, uh, transcribed across the whole like circumference of his head. Circumference? I don't know, whatever. But um, we, we had one of the boys dye his hair borough for borough near the, the back of his head last year, and that was his choice entirely. So, I mean, it could have definitely been Rodder's uh, Blythe's choice there. <laughs> Very good. Um, and rounding out the fantasy points, did you? I think you said McDermott 43, <clears throat> but then special mention Pattaya, 29 points in 40 minutes. So um, he was looking the goods, and uh, they surely could have used him in the second half. But um, yeah. He was tired after playing 80 minutes in my match as well. Yes, that's that's right. Uh, Nelson's team has a player that uh, they call Jordi Pattaya. Um, definitely about as good as Jordi Pattaya is relative to the team, um, <laughs> yeah. a contribution to the team. But... Um, what I really wish we did do was, um, if we could have been bothered, was take the fantasy stats for Nelson's game this weekend. Um, but uh, apart from the, uh, the missed tackle, I think, look, Nelson would have got a good score, let's be honest. But um, apart from a few missed tackles, if only there was extra points for being bumped off. Because uh, whilst Nelson will tell you it's been a while, he did cop a big bump off. And um, yeah. look, From my Frost brother, to be honest. First grade Randwick player, and he definitely bumped me. If I watched the video... And I'm scarred seeing it. So I, did, I actually injured him later in the game there. So we'll call it even. Sure you did, mate. Um, well, we might have to make a gif of that if we can, you know, and just like speed replay that and get <laughs> that. Uh, the, game's, the game's been lost on, on the interweb. 
Ari, can you please uh, get some footage, mate? This might be the one yeah, time yeah, I follow can, through on something that we say on the pod. We can use that into the the intro for every single vlog from now on. That's that sounds like a plan to me. Um, but uh, very good. All right. Well, look, that was the uh, the Reds and the Brumbies game. Um, and yeah, I think it was certainly did justice uh, to a Super Rugby AU final. Uh, it was a pity we didn't have a fantasy match for it, but um, I think it was certainly it was more fun. Uh, I mean, I, I think as Harry said earlier in the season, it was um, amazing we were able to figure out a way to continue to play fantasy through all this. Um, we certainly spent a good week trying to, uh, to running all the variations to, as to how we could actually play across two different rugby competitions happening at the same time. Um, and was really glad that it worked out. And we know some of our, uh, our fans and listeners also played along um, at home so, um, and had a good time. Um, yes, uh, I guess, unless there's any further remarks, we're going to say a big thank you again to uh, the 2020 fantasy champ, Christian Nabung, the better Nabung, um, for Good joining boys. us. And um, thanks for the thanks for the pod as well. I think you guys don't get the plaudits you deserve sometimes. So cheers, boys. Oh, <laughs> look at that. This, this, that's what makes it all worthwhile, really. Um, yeah, big um, big fan, you know. <laughs> well, look now you'll get uh, you'll get your name up on the uh, the pod caps, um, mm. which I think go in all the the show notes, or at least they. Like, oh, no, no, they're in everyone. So um, very good, and hopefully many more. Uh, I think Nabung does uh, Nabum sorry comes in with 10 so <laughs> you've just got to make another 10 appearances to to usurp him in that as well um and uh, we'll see if we shouldn't can be too hard <laughs> yeah. very good all right well look that um i guess before i wrap up finally it's just uh look we we may do another pod in the coming weeks one thing we were going to do for dessert but didn't get around to today was there was a really great comparison from um friend of the pod rugby college at rugby college on twitter uh, who did a really interesting stats comparison between Super Rugby AU and Super Rugby Aotearoa. Um, we didn't really have time to, to deep dive into that and go through it. Um, it's pretty comprehensive. Um, you can find that on his Twitter. Um, but look, we might um, do a pod uh, next week or in the next few weeks with uh, some insight around that and also just the plans uh, cont- going forward with draft rugby and the continual development of it. And also any um, news with the South African competition coming up. So um, stay tuned for that. But uh, otherwise, any final thoughts, gents? No, I've been another good year, mate. I'm, I'm excited to see some international footy now. And I'm just crossing my fingers that uh, the, the development in confidence of all the Aussie players means that they're up to competing with the All Blacks. I've never got my hope, hopes too high these days after so many years of losing to them. But... Uh, Fingers crossed. Yeah, look, I, I think to, to round it out, for Aussie rugby, for draft rugby, I think this year's been a good stepping stone moving forward. It was awesome that we could offer what we offered through through this period of time with no one else doing anything similar. Um, and it's created a really good base for us next year in at draft rugby. And uh, I think, you know, we're going to get pay from, from this year for Super Rugby AU as well. It may not necessarily come those first couple games in the Bledisloe, but, you know, I, I think this season's probably given some of those young players even more confidence, um, given us a real solid base to, to move forward and, and lots of positive changes that are happening in Aussie rugby at the moment. So I think, yeah, it's been a great stepping stone this season. For sure. Uh, I'd echo Nelson there as well. I think Super Rugby AU has been absolutely awesome. Um, I think it's been really easy for people to follow as well. Um, so with the, the standard conference system, people don't know what's going on, uh, apart from diehard fans of the cast. But 
yeah, really great competition. Awesome to see young guys getting a, getting a genuine crack and um, good to see an Aussie winner at the end of the day as well, which we often don't get. Okay. How good. And uh, look, final, final, final thoughts are um, if you are, if we're not putting up a pot every week and you're just, uh, you know, longing for hearing Harry and Nelson just have a go at each other, look, <laughs> maybe they'll put up some footage uh, or, you know, become Twitch streamers playing uh, the latest rugby game on Xbox or whatever. Um, it's always good value. Somehow they actually prefer playing together on the same team though. Um, but uh, look, we'll see if we can, um, what kind of content we can come up with. For anyone out there that hasn't got the game, it's not that amazing playing people because there's things that are frustrating, but playing together, it's pretty awesome. Definitely the way to go. Yeah. All right. Well, that's going to do us. Thank you for listening and we will catch you again in the next one. Cheers. Catch ya.